Hi, this is Sam Adler from Frosting Fettuccine, and you are listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to Eat Blog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave Eat Blog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I'm your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 349. I have Sam Adler with me today. She is going to talk to us about how she built a six-figure food photography business in four years. Sam is a professionally trained pastry chef and runs a baking blog. She works with food photography clients and also teaches food photographers how to find their unique style and build profitable food photography businesses. In 2018, Sam was the recipient of a Sever Blog Award for Best Food Instagram so awesome. She built up a six-figure food photography career in four years and loves to teach people how they can do it too. Super excited to have you here today, Sam. How are you? Yay, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, me too. I can't wait to talk about this, but first we want to know what your fun fact is. My fun fact, I think if you have been following me on Instagram or really just like anywhere, you will probably see that I have a very unhealthy one-sided relationship with Adam Levine. (laughs) So (laughs) that is my fun fact, which I'm saying again, if you follow me, you already know. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. I had this really funny dream a few years ago that my sister-in-law who's single married Adam Levine. It was like (laughs) like one of those dreams that was super real. Like I remember what her dress looked like and I could feel it. It was so weird. And I told her, of course, because it was hilarious. And that so ever hilarious. since then, she's like, well, I am his wife. So <laughs> so sorry, That's Sam. So He's already funny. married. He's already taken. Dream world. Yes. It's so funny because like uh, my wedding anniversary is on his birthday. And I'm like, see, like I was so close. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> so funny. Oh, I love it. That's a great fun fact. So let's talk about your blogging journey. I know that you started your blog kind of just doing it because you loved food and you know it kind of evolved from there. So do you want to talk us through how and when you started and how your journey kind of unfolded? Sure. So I started my blog in May of 2017 and it was after I had my second baby who was probably around like a year at that time and I had been working as a custom cake creator at home for like 5 years. I went to pastry school in 2012. And after that, I, you know, decided to open up this custom cake shop for my house. But it was really exhausting because nobody wants a two-tier cake in the shape of Batman. Like on Wednesday, you know, they always want it on the weekends. And so I have a lot of orders for the weekends and I would stay up all night over the weekends and like miss out the weekend family time. And I was just kind of burnt out from that. And I realized it was time for me to move on. And so one of my friends and actually a couple of friends were like, why don't you start a food blog? I was like, what is that? Like, I don't even know what that is. I had no idea. And then once, you know, I just really committed to moving things digital, I started my blog. And I honestly, like, I didn't sign up for any courses. (laughs) I just basically Googled everything. 
and just got tidbits from here and there. And I, I know the, the blogging space was a very different world almost six years ago. So yeah, it was really interesting because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't really have a goal. I was just like, let's just see what happens. I didn't know at that time that you can make like, you know, build, I didn't know that people could build these six figure businesses from blogging. I didn't know you could really make money from blogging. I was just like, I'm going to do this. (laughs) And then I quickly realized that, you know, I really needed a nice photography to be able to stand out. And that led me into like a rabbit hole of food photography classes and books and YouTube videos and gear and all the things. And then I ended up really, really loving that photography side of it and really dove headfirst into that. And yeah, it was, it was a learning experience. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, food is so visual as we all know. And I think photography is such an vital element of being a food blogger because just capturing that like mouthwatering food photo is so essential for portraying what our food looks like. So I love that you kind of ran with the photography portion of it. At what point was that? So you started in 2017. When did you really start to take off with photos? Yeah. So I started in May. I started the blog and then probably by November I was, you know, into photography courses. And I was like, wow, I not that I didn't love the blogging, but I love that blogging led me more towards photography because I started with, I'm going to start a blog. And then once I figured out like the photography aspect, not necessarily figured out because like I'm still figuring it out. But once I started really getting into it, I was like, wow, I, I really love this. I really love the photography part of it. What else can I do? And so I think by November, December, I had really gotten myself really excited about it. And I think in March I had my first client and it was like for a small magazine, which was really cool for me. So I was like, Whoa, this is awesome. I'm getting paid to do this. This is so cool. So yeah, it took a few months, but you know, it was really interesting. But still relatively fast. I mean, within a year of starting your blog, you were getting clients, which is yes. amazing. Yeah. So yes. that's proof that you really just saw the value in it and dug in pretty quickly. Yeah. It was really exciting. Yeah. So how did you get that first client? Did you reach out to a lot of people or how did that go? So I had been working with a small client doing like in-person demos, like not photography, but like more like showcasing their product, like in grocery stores. And that kind of led me, and I was doing that for maybe like, I don't know, six months, like while I was, you know, starting the blog thing. And I had found like probably like through word of mouth. So somebody was like, Oh, you're like in food. And so I knew someone who um, was also kind of an influencer, food influencer, and she was getting interviewed for a magazine for her food, but she wasn't a photographer and she needed a photographer. So she had reached out to me and was like, Hey, I know you started to do this. So can you come shoot this like small magazine for me? And I was like, yes. (laughs) So it was really like a word of mouth type situation. And I just kind of knew someone who reached out to me, which was really, really cool. So really like finding that one avenue, like getting your foot in the door in some way. And usually it's through knowing people or, you know, like having a connection, right? Right. And then just kind of running with it. And then did you find that after that first client, it was much easier to get clients? Yeah, I think it's really hard. It's really hard to find your first client. I think that that is like the hardest thing. And then once once you find your first client, I think it's it's easier. But I honestly really believe it's, it comes from really putting yourself out there. Because if I didn't put myself out there and say like, hey, I'm doing this now and showcasing my work, even even if it was not 
you know, up to par or whatever, whatever it was, the beginning works, you know, people start to notice it. And the things that you might think might not think are so beautiful to somebody else. It's like, Oh my gosh, she's doing this. Okay, great. Like, let me ask her. And so I don't know if it was necessarily like, you know, just knowing people, but the fact that like you put out your work to show people that you're doing this can kind of bring stuff back to you, which I feel like is so important to do. So facing fears and also like, do you find that like facing your fears over and over has produced more confidence for you to get, get out there more? Oh, yes. I mean, nothing good comes from your comfort zone. We all know that, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we all, it's so much easier to like say that than actually go and do it. But I've found that every time I've done something really scary, it's always led to great results. And I always try to think about if I am excited, but also really scared about something, that's the best combination to have because it's always going to lead to something good. Oh, and in that moment when you're doing that scary thing, it's hard. It's It's hard. the worst, I mean, worst, best feeling. Cause you're like, yeah. this is so, what am I doing right now? But you know that good things are waiting yeah. for you. Yeah. That's such a cool feeling. So it took you like a year to get your first client. And then do you feel like by that point you had your style figured out? How long did it take you to get your own style captured? I think it took a while. You know, in the beginning, I think your photography style is way different than what any other different type of style you have. So like your home decor style or like how you dress or anything is not necessarily going to translate into your photography style. For example, I love the color blue. It was like all over my house, very tranquil, everything. And so when I first started, I bought this like blue backdrop. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to shoot blue. Yes. Awful. I hate (laughs) it. I bought not even the blue, like the other side of it was like this like burnt orange and I'm like oh my god I love this gonna be so great and then I would take photos I'm like what the hell is this <laughs> awful and so I really didn't realize that it wouldn't translate into photography and so it took me some time to figure out what that was like I said I you know really I practice every day I've tried to figure it out I was in those courses I was really doing the work and I really you know, did a lot of work around what I did like. And so I would go look on Pinterest and look at all the photos that kind of like spoke to me and then would kind of figure out what, what was it about those photos that I really, really loved. And I found out that I really love to shoot these like lighter images with like lots of pink tones, beige tones, green. And I was like, this is so weird. Why am I such a like romantic photographer? Like I don't wear makeup. I don't care about this stuff. Like, this is so weird. Like, this is not me, but like my photography is completely different. My photography style is completely different than what I thought it would be. And so sometimes you can really surprise yourself. And it evolves over time. Do you feel like your style is still evolving? I think it's always evolving. You know, I think in, in the beginning, you know, people can get stuck in this, you know, box of colors or they get stuck in like only doing this light light and bright situation, but like there's so much more to it. And just because you happen to want to shoot dark and moody one day, doesn't mean that your complete style has to change. Like inevitably over time, whatever you produce is going to come out looking like you because it came from you no matter the style. I mean, no matter the colors, no matter the light that you're using, it's all going to come out looking like you because you produced it. So honestly, my style is always evolving. Like I, bought this bright yellow backdrop like a year ago for a client shoot. And I was like, this is so weird. I'm never going to use this. I bought it for one thing. I use it all the time. Oh. It's so much fun. So, and you I love it. Never know. You never know. You yeah. You really never know. 
That's cool. And it sounds like you have a very creative background, like your cake making and all of that. So you have like colors on your mind and different fabrics. Do you have certain styling props or anything that are your favorites? I'm curious. Yeah. So I would say it's funny because I don't know if I have anything specific that's favorite, but I really like to use more of those like rustic type you know, dishes and things like that. I have a cutting board that is really actually was from my grandmother. And so every time I post a photo, people are like, where did you get that? I'm like, it was my grandmother's 55 years ago. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. You know, so like that that has to be one of my favorites for sure. Yes, the antiques, the family antiques are the best. Yeah. Okay, so you nailed down like your first client and then did you start reaching out to brands as far as like doing sponsored work and how did that go at first? Yeah. So I think between March through the summer, it was kind of slow because, you know, I had that one client and then I would start reaching out to a bunch of different clients and you know how it is, especially in the summer. I feel like summer is very slow for, for clients and things like that. So it was me reaching out a lot. And then by the time like August picked up, I had two clients, which was really great. Then back to school and Q4 hit. And with all the reaching out and, you know, emails that I was doing, I had like maybe four clients that I was working with, which was really awesome. So I would say just keep on keeping on And Sometimes it's, you know, it's the time of the year, it's the time of the season. It's always, it's, it could be different throughout the entire year. And you don't need like 20,000, 60,000, 100,000 followers in order no. to reach out to brands, right? No, not at all. I mean, I, I don't even know what I had at that point. I probably had like, I don't know, 1,000 to 1,200 followers. And some clients I was working for that, you know, had nothing to do with Instagram, which was really nice. And so it wasn't necessarily only sponsored content, you know, and also my blog, I was doing sponsored content on my blog with like, I don't know, 10,000 page views, but like (laughs) some clients didn't ask for it. And so they're just like, okay, yeah, sure. We'll do this. I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) So I had like two blog clients that, you know, didn't really ask for my stats. And and if they did, they didn't care. So It was really nice to have to have that and not to have to, you know, rely on just social media. So how do you convey your worth when you don't have the followers or don't have the numbers? Do you just focus on what you're good at? How do you do that? Yeah. So I would say specifically to focus on why you are a good fit for the client. And so I would say not necessarily just reaching out to whoever you think is going to pay you money, but why are you a good fit for the client that you're reaching out to? So for me, if I'm reaching out to a client that has to do, you know, with like sugar or whatever, let's just go with a sugar client. I'm going to say, Hey, I'm a trained pastry chef. I know how to work with baked goods, you know, and if they're local, that's always a really great way to get your first client is to go local because people love working and supporting local businesses. And so, especially for me, if you are a local business, like if I was working with a Florida owned business and I'm a pastry chef, like that's focusing on my value that I can bring to the client that somebody else who lives in Iowa, who's not a trained pastry chef, I might win over that because of what I can bring to the table. So focusing on your strengths and not focusing on your numbers if they're not big. Right, exactly. Hey, food bloggers. Let's chat about Rank IQ really quick. If you are looking for a way to give your Q4 content a quick boost for extra traffic and extra revenue, it is not too late. Try this easy strategy. Pick a post or a category that typically does really well for you during the holidays. 
go to rankiq.com and type that topic into the keyword research library. So for an example, my chili recipe does great during the holidays. So I would go to the keyword research library and type in chili. Sort from lowest to highest competition and scroll through the keyword options and see if anything aligns with your expertise and your content. From this list, choose one informational topic to write about. So an example that goes with my chili recipe example would be how to thicken chili and find one roundup to put together. So an example for me would be appetizers to make with chili. Publish both within a few days, interlink it all together with your original recipe and the new content that you just wrote and watch your traffic grow quickly. Go to rankiq.com to sign up and check it out for yourself. Now back to the episode. Do you have any tips for people who might be listening and thinking that they want to branch out into getting photography clients in some way and they haven't done so yet? Like where do they start? Any tips about getting started or where to go? So number one, I would say make sure you have a portfolio. So that's really important to have. And just like we have food blogging SEO, make sure you have your SEO is rocking on that side of your portfolio. And like there is SEO for other things other than blogs. So make sure that that's working so people can find you. I would also put your work on Pinterest because a lot of clients and companies are looking on Pinterest for the, for those type, you know, of inspiration. They might come across your thing. Also go on LinkedIn and just get your name kind of out there in other places that have nothing to do with social media. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I love the I love that you said to get your SEO figured out for your portfolio because we always think about like SEO in our food blog, but we tend to not think about SEO anywhere else. So that's a really great piece of advice. Yeah, I haven't updated my portfolio in a bit actually, and I am in process of doing it, but I just got my like Google Analytics for that. They're like 1,100 people came to your site this month. I'm like, that's 1,100 people who did not email me. right. So I'm like, okay, like, you know, people are viewing it and maybe it's not the 50,000 page views that you need for Mediavine, but like if that's 1,100 people who are looking for a food photographer, like, hello, that's 1,100 people. Right, absolutely. So how do you reach out to a brand that you love and know and use? Do you do that through email, social media, all of the above? Yeah, I think it depends on what you want to do for them. So you have to be really careful because if you want to do freelance photography for somebody and you reach out over social media like Instagram and you're not specific about what you want to do for them, or if they're not social media heavy, then they might just assume that you want to do social media work for them. And if you're like, no, that's not what I want to do, then I always find it's best to do like a more of a PR search, media search for their emails so that you can find their actual email and email them versus reaching out over social which I find to be easier to like build a relationship and also, you know, explain to somebody how you can work, what you can do with for them and not necessarily over social unless you want to work with them through social. Yeah. And do you find that you have to contact people over and over and over or is 100%. It, yeah. <laughs> 100%. It's oh, there's a saying like the fortune is in the follow up, like you got to keep following up. You got to just keep following up so many times because if you email someone one time, you know, Versus somebody who emails them five or six times, like, who are they going to remember? They're not going right. to remember you. They're going to remember the person that followed up six times because that person clearly wants it more. So when they do have an opening, guess who's going to get that? Right. And when you think about emails that come into your inbox, 
they aren't all annoying. Some of them no. are like, oh yeah, I might be interested in that. And then you put it off and then you get another one and you're like, oh, that's right. That person came back to me. Right. So 100%. don't assume that you're going to be annoying them. Yeah. And also like, you're not there to be best friends. Like, would you email your best friend 16 times? Like, no, but like, that's your best friend. <laughs> like, You're not going to do that. You're not there to become best friends. You're there to help them. And if you're really following up or, you know, really emailing them with value in an offer and not just being like, Hey, I will give you socks for work. Then they're not going to get annoyed. Right. Okay. Can we talk about pricing? Because I know pricing is a hang up for a lot of people and it's really like a mindset thing. We don't value ourselves. So we offer like low pricing and we, and then we get confused. Like, wait, should I have offered more? Like, okay. Break all of that down for us, Sam. (laughs) Help. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I feel like that's a very, we could be here literally talking about that. I think it really, it's really hard because a lot of people, I don't think people realize how much money they can make in this business, which is like really disheartening for me when I hear people are working for like $200 for like a recipe and like 10 photos. And I'm like, what are you doing? Mm. So, but it's really, it's really hard. But I would say, you know, you have to make sure that you are feeling good about, about the prices that you're getting. If you have any inkling whatsoever about like, you know, you don't feel valued, you don't feel like it's worth it, then you are a hundred percent undercharging them. And when brands come to you with offers, they're not going to come to you with their highest offer because no one is going to come to you. Everyone is looking for a deal, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to go into when you go shopping, you're not going into the store and you're like, hey, what's the most that I could pay for this dress right now? Nobody is doing that. So brands aren't going to do that either. So they are obviously looking for a deal. So the first offer that they're going to give to you is not going to be their make it or break it deal. So it's so important to learn negotiating and so important to understand how to price yourself. And I wish there was, you know, some formula that I could be like X, Y, Z equals this. And there really isn't at this point, because it really depends on the type of project you're working on and all these things. But if you have some decent levels of skills, honestly, I don't think people should be working for less than $500. That's just, that's just my opinion. I'm like, anybody who comes into my courses, I'm like, okay, you're all here. Great. Nobody is working for less than $500. Um, The only time that somebody would do that is if you're working for a blogger, because when you're working with bloggers, it's just a little bit different. You know, like I think it's now it's probably between like three to 350 range for like a recipe and maybe like six to eight photos. But that is like the only time everybody else. I'm like, we do not work for less than $500. Absolutely not. I love it. I wish I could, you know, give the whole thing, but that's what my courses are for. Yeah. And yeah, just really, it's important to not lowball yourself because not only does it hurt you, but it hurts the whole community. And it's really important to get paid what you're worth because there is a lot of money in this business. And why should you not be getting what you deserve? I love that you're a proponent of that. I love that people who come into your course, you're just like, nope, nothing less, (laughs) not a dollar less than this. There's a lot of tough love. Absolutely. And sometimes we need that tough love. I think that is a great thing to be tough about because we all need to hear that message. Would you talk about working for bloggers a little bit since you mentioned that? How do we get into that? Sure. So I actually started off, I think this is a really great way for anybody to, especially if you have lower socials, just to get your feet off the ground and start working with somebody on with photography needs is to work for bloggers because there are so many bloggers out there that, you know, have these amazing blogs and they need updated photos, but they just don't have the time with everything else that they're doing to go back and update their old photos or maybe they don't have process shots or anything like that. And so they need somebody, they need somebody to help them. And so 
it's really funny because people are, you know, a lot of my students will be like, well, how do you say like your photos are ugly? Like, can I come work for you? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, right. you, you don't say that. You say, Hey, like I've been a long time follower or if, if you're not like go follow the person. Yeah. But like, I've been following you and we're really enjoying your recipes. Maybe make something of theirs and be like, Hey, I made this recipe. I really loved it. You know, I'm a food photographer and if you ever need help updating your photos, which I'm sure you have so many awesome recipes that might need updating, I'm here to help. So you're not going in and being like, hey, your photos are ugly. Can I shoot that for you? (laughs) Not a good approach. (laughs) Not a good approach. And yeah, it's really a nice way to work with bloggers and to get a consistent income because you can work out a package rate for them and maybe you're doing you know, four or five recipes a month for, you know, I always give like a 10% discount anytime a client books four or more projects. And so if you're making like, I don't know, 350 times four, whatever that is, I'm not doing math on the fly (laughs) and then offer them 10%, you know, like that's a really nice amount of money to come in. And if you get two bloggers to do that, like that's awesome. Yeah. You know, so it's a really, really awesome way to be able to start and get your foot in the door with food photography. Especially if you love food photography, that's such a great way to earn money and to do just be creative with something that you're loving. Yeah. I mean, how many people, like I hire out a copywriter. I have somebody who writes my posts for me. You know, how many people, so many people have have stuff like that. You know, the one thing I won't hire out is my photography because I love it. But when you think about getting help and you, which everyone, you know, should have, like, what are the things you hate doing? You know, just hire somebody out. And if you don't love, if a blogger doesn't love, not every blogger is going to love the food, the photography part of it. And so you hire it out and that could be you. Okay. So how do you, do you have any tips for like not having to pitch all the time? Because I know pitching is one of the hangups for a lot of people. I hear this all the time. People are like, I would love to get brand work or work with other food bloggers, but I don't want to pitch. So I don't do it. (laughs) Right. So like, here's where the tough love part comes in, because like, if you don't pitch, you're not going to get, you're not going to get work. (laughs) Yeah. So we got to We got to pitch. We got to put on the big girl pants. Do those scary things, right? Do those scary things. You've got to do it. You don't, it doesn't mean, you know, you have to do it every five minutes, but you have, you have to pitch and the the more that you do it, the easier it becomes. And so that's with anything. It's like strengthening any muscle. And so you got to do it. I mean, there are people out there who just constantly get pitched to them, which I think they are the exception, which is really awesome. But if you want to be in this field in the long run, like it's something that you need to learn how to do. But I will tell you that when you do that and you get your clients, it's so much easier to retain a client than it is to have to get a new one. And so if you are working with clients that you really love and you end up doing really awesome work with them and you can show them, you know, at the end of your campaign or timeline or whatever it is, hey, this is a value that I brought to you and this is how this worked. You, would you like to work again? And you can pitch, pitch them a larger contract or something like that. It's really just about building relationships. Because when you think about it on the brand side, if somebody, if they work with you and they really love you, it's so much easier for them to also retain you than it is to get a new person. So when you get a client that you really love, you work your butt off for them, mm. do whatever you can so that you can retain them and not have to always be pitching. Deliver tons of value and just go over the top, like over. So it's yeah. a little bit different because it's like, you know, there's that saying like under promise over deliver. I think that's great, but I think it only, it can be a little bit harsh, especially if like you're a people pleaser and you're like, okay, 
the campaign was for five photos and then you give them 15. Like that's not how this works, <laughs> you know, but yeah. maybe you deliver the photos a day early or maybe you, I don't know, just maybe give them an extra story on your, you know, whatever it is on your Instagram, or maybe you give them one or two extra photos and not like 17 extra photos, you know? So it's really just also like building, building that relationship making sure that the client, the communication is clear, being really easy to work with, you know, having that timeline being like, this is the day you're getting your photos, give them the photos earlier than you say, make sure that they just know what's going on throughout the entire thing. And you're just super, super easy to work with. Yeah. And that's easy to do, right? Like sending your deliverables a day early is not a big deal, but they're going to be shocked because like, oh, a whole day early, she got it in Right. earlier than I anticipated. Right. So things like that are like very little things for us to do, right. but will go a long way. You could also send them like an after campaign, like a whole, you know, detailed sheet mm, of like, oh, like this, if you had like a sponsor post, like this is how many people saw. I know they're going to ask you for analytics, but like, hey, you know, here's a whole sheet of like this like progress report of like, okay, this is how many people saw it. These are what people commented. Some people slid, slid into my DMs. This is what they said, you know, and just explain to them how much you really enjoyed working with them and how your audience really resonated with them so that they can see the value that you offered mm. during your campaign. Those are all great ideas. I So it's kind of different, but like when I work with sponsors through the podcast, I will occasionally do something way outside of a deliverable that I promised. So I'll like, for example, I'll put something up on TikTok. TikTok is not part of my deliverables at all, but that's like above and beyond. And just, I think for the sponsor seeing that, like, oh, she right. did something way beyond what was ever agreed. Like we never even mentioned TikTok. So something like that. Yeah, it's not totally. that much extra effort, but it will go a long way. Yes, I 100% agree. I think that's great. Yeah. So you have made six figures in 2021 just from your food photography business. Is that correct? Yes. That's amazing. Was, yes. Yes. Thank you. How do you, you. feel about really that? Funny. Is that like it was really, the best feeling ever? It was so awesome. I was so proud of myself. I mean, especially like, you know, I started this because I wanted to contribute more financially to my family. And it wasn't like I had pressure. It wasn't like my husband was pressuring me or anything. Like it was really just my desire to, to do this. And I think as a mom, it's really hard sometimes when you have two little kids and you love being a mom, but like it's hard when you or like what happened to my stuff, (laughs) you know? So when you are able to be that mom that you want to be, and also I think what makes it so exciting for me is that it was through a creative process and it wasn't in a nine to five job that like society tells you, you need to have. And so when I realized, I think it was, you know, maybe like November of last year, I was like, wow, like that was just like just photography. Like that was very, very eye-opening and very motivating for me. And I was just was super proud of myself for that. Well, congratulations. I think that's amazing. And that's such inspiration. Inspire it's so inspiring and so encouraging for all of us listening because it seems so hard at times to get to that point just with our blogs, but to think that you can do it kind of on a side, I don't want to say side project, but outside of the blog ad re- revenue, yeah. I guess. Yes. In addition to blog revenue, ad revenue, I think that is so encouraging. So I love that you shared that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. And what's your next goal? Like, do you have bigger goals in the future? Yeah, I do. I, you know, every year I want to like try to increase, not try, I want to increase my revenue every single year. 
So I have my courses and I have my blog and I have my photography clients and things like that. And then, so yeah, my, my next goal is just to, to grow, to continue to grow. I have, I really want to buy an apartment in Rome. <laughs> That's another fun oh. fact. It's been on my goal list for a very long time and I want to do it within before I'm 40 and I'm 36. So oh my god. That's my next goal. <laughs> okay, so you just put it out there into the world. I did. So we are that gives it power, I feel like. Everybody knows now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No yeah, taking it back, Sam. <laughs> no, I can't. I have it I have it written down like all over my office. It's like on you know, my vision board, you know. Oh, I oh, love that. Cool. I think we should share those big goals more often. I feel like yeah. we often keep them in just because it's like so audacious and big that we feel like people are going to be like, what is she thinking? Mm -hmm. But in fact, I think it just gives it power. We're all going to agree with you. Yeah. Like that is a big, big goal, but good for you. You can do this. You're going to do it for sure. Yeah. I always think about, you know, when you are making a wish and it's your birthday and they're like, blow out the candles, make a wish, but don't tell anyone. I'm like, no, tell everyone. (laughs) Everyone needs to know. I totally agree. That's always been a pet peeve of mine. Why wouldn't I tell everyone what my wishes are? Oh my goodness. Well, I'm going to have a house in the mountains in Montana within, I'm going to say two years. That's been one of my big, big goals for a while now. And yeah, it's happening. So we can support each other. It's all happening. Yep. I'll come to your house. You'll come to my house. (laughs) It's in motion. It is happening. (laughs) It's going to be great. Is there anything we missed that you feel like food bloggers need to hear about taking on this venture of just focusing more on photography as part of their businesses? I really just really want people to know that there is so much money to be made. And I know video is like a big thing right now, but people will always need photography. They will always, 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 always need it. So please don't get discouraged if you feel like it's not happening for you because it can and I believe that it will. Yes. Love that. Well, thank you, Sam, so much. I had so much fun talking to you today. It's been such a pleasure. Yay. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Do you have either a favorite quote that you love or other words of inspiration to leave us with today? I do. I just recently heard this quote on, I don't even know, last week somewhere, but the person said that the amateur is always rushing, but the master never hurries. And I thought that that was, that really hit me because I think it's really hard in the blogging world and also in the photography world where we're always rushing to get the next, rushing to get the pages, rushing to make it onto an ad network, rushing to get our clients and all these things. And it's like, let's just slow down and understand what we need to do and really do it really, really well so that we don't have to rush as much and that we can really master what we're doing so that in the long run, you will be the master and you will not have to rush. And so just like slowing down a little bit, I think, to be the master. And enjoying the moment, right? Enjoying the process instead of like always looking to the next thing. Like that's going to be better when I get there. It's not... Yeah, it's not always going to be the case. Oh, I love that. What a great quote. We'll put together a show notes page for you, Sam. If anyone wants to go look at those, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash frosting and fettuccine. And that's two T's and two C's, correct? Mm -hmm. And an E at the end. And an E at the end. (laughs) Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online and social media? And I know you have a quiz you want to talk about as well. Yeah. So you can find me at frostingfettuccine.com. That is my food blog. You can also find me on stylemecreatively.com, which is where I host all my food photography courses from beginner to intermediate. 
And we have a fun quiz on how you can tell what level you're on for your food photography and you can get resources through that. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Sam, so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time.